Welcome to Petrifaction. I'm your host, Petey. And if you like stories about ghosts, monsters, vampires, the weird and mysterious, UFOs, Bigfoot, and other cryptids, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Remember, friends, be prepared to be petrified. everybody welcome to today's show we've got another really interesting show for you today hope you're going to enjoy it today we're going to talk about psychics and some predictions that psychics have made that have come true and just some stories about that so that's pretty cool and interesting we have a vampire story that we're going to share with you and it's thought to be one true story of a real vampire and it comes out of England. So we'll share that story with you today. And then we have a story about psychic vampires. So psychics, vampires, and then psychic vampires. How cool is that? I never heard of a psychic vampire. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. We're going to get into that, learn a bit about what that is. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Now, one thing I forgot to tell you about today's show before we get it started is in honor of 9-11, we will never forget. Um, we have a story, a paranormal story about an officer who is in the rubble of 9-11 following the tragedy that happened. And it's a story of seeing what he referred to as a soul collector. So that is in tribute to 9-11. Lieutenant Frank Mara, now retired, was one of the police officers tasked with sifting through the rubble of the World Trade Center in September of 2001. It was only in 2013, while conducting interviews for the 9-11 related book called Hallowed Ground, that he remembered encountering something paranormal during his long hours at work on the site. One of the detectives who was also being interviewed mentioned hearing about a ghostly tale of an old Red Cross worker that appeared to some of the officers while they were working. The woman tried to serve them coffee and sandwiches as any Red Cross 
staff would do during World War II. Upon hearing the detective talk about this, Mara remembered seeing a black woman dressed in a Red Cross uniform appearing several times while he worked. She held a tray of sandwiches and disappeared every time he strained to get a better look at her. Several police officers who were also stationed at the site after the attacks claimed to have seen large shadows and black masses among the debris. After seeing a medium about his experience and hearing that he may have witnessed a soul collector guiding spirits to the hereafter, Mara truly believes that this is what he saw. This story is about a psychic. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything that would be considered psychic. Most people have at one point or another. It's said that we're all a little bit psychic, even if we don't use that ability. But, you know, maybe at one time the phone rings and you pick it up because you know you know who it is. Like you just got this feeling that mom's going to call and sure enough the phone rings and it's your mom. Or, you know, like I used to have that experience with my now husband when we were dating. I would not be expecting a phone call from him. I'd be thinking about him. I'd be thinking, I'm going to give him a call and I'd go to reach for my phone and he would be calling me. And that happened quite a bit. Now, my husband and I seem to have a psychic link. And it's, it's cool. It's actually pretty cool. So I guess I believe in this stuff. So now I'm going to get into this story called Neckties in the Closet. A year and a half or two years after my father died, I interviewed a medium for a story. After the interview, we had lunch, and he asked if I wanted a reading. I agreed and told him that, for the most part, I wasn't going to confirm or deny anything that he said. I didn't tell him about my father dying, though he was somewhat of a public figure, so definitely could have been Googleable. As he began the reading, he told me, that a short, chubby woman with red hair was there, and she kept saying, Ethel, Ethel. My grandma was a short, chubby woman with red hair that looked just like Ethel Merman. A bit further into the reading, the medium said, There's a man with Ethel, and he has a message for you. He wants you to tell Ruth that he loves her. Little did the medium know that my mom and dad had been married for 35 years when my dad died and they were the most madly in love people I've ever met. Or that my mom's middle name is Ruth, and he always called her Ruthie, and he was the only one. Everyone else called her by her first name. I was shocked. With the hairs on my neck already standing on end, the medium said, There's more. He wants you to tell her that she can get rid of those neckties now. Does that make sense? And I was stunned. I responded, yes, even though it's been quite some time since he died, she hasn't been able to bring herself to get rid of the clothes yet. I called my mom after the reading and told her what the medium had said about my father, supposedly, saying he loved her. She was crying when I said, oh, and you still haven't gotten rid of his clothes, have you? And she said, well, actually, I didn't tell you, but I finally cleaned out his closet and took everything to Goodwill two weeks ago. I said, well, that's weird because the medium said that dad 
said you could get rid of the neckties now. It was time. My mom began to cry even harder and said, the only thing that I kept was his neckties. They're still in his closet. Now there's no way the medium could have known that. I didn't even know that. For Christmas that year, my mom gave my brothers and me quilts made out of his neckties. This is another story about a psychic reading. My mom is very big into psychics and has read tarot cards since I was a baby. When I was in high school, she had a psychic over to the house and the psychic told us I would break up with my then boyfriend of a year. I was about 16. But the person I was meant to be with would pop up around the time I would be going to college. Well, naturally, I was devastated as a teen to hear that we weren't going to be together, my first love and I. I broke up with my high school boyfriend at the end of my senior year of high school. And I started dating someone I'd been friends with soon after that. We were married seven years later. This is another psychic story, and it's called Identical Twins. So 10 years ago, my wife was single, living in South Beach, working for a record label thousands of miles away from her family in New York. After grieving the loss of her grandmother, finding out that her label was shuttering and she would soon be unemployed, she needed some answers, hence the psychic. The psychic stated, you will soon have a new career path, you will soon meet your life partner, and you will have twins. Well, within three months, she moved back to New York to be near her family. She got a job at Billboard magazine in advertising, which was a stepping stone into many other great opportunities. We actually met when she was interviewing for that Billboard job. I was an assistant at the time and was summoned to pick her up for the interview where we struck up a conversation fast. We were dating three months after she was hired, and in the summer of 2014, we had identical twin daughters. We were not surprised when the doctor told us. So these next two stories are going to be about vampires and vampire lore. The first case takes place in England. And the second one is about something called a psychic vampire. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. The vampire of Croglin Grange, England, is without a doubt the case that might prove that vampires really exist. So 
this case takes place in Crogland Grange, which is an old family estate in Cumberland, England. And it happened between the years of 1896 to 1900. Now the Fisher family owned the estate and they decided to rent out the ground level floor and a family, uh, it was a brother, uh, so I'm sorry, it was a sister and two brothers. So three siblings rented out the bottom ground level floor of the residence. And they were the Cranswells. Amelia, the sister, decided one early summer evening to go to bed. And as she laid in her bed, she was looking out the window. And all of a sudden she noticed what appeared to be two flickering lights in the distance. And so she laid in her bed and she watched them. And the lights started gliding towards the house. And she just kept watching them. And eventually she noticed that these weren't lights at all. They were actually eyes. And they belonged to a horrible creature. And it was, she believed to be a vampire. Amelia was stricken with fear and unable to speak or to move. She watched as the vampire approached her window and she described it as being an unspeakable brown face with fierce, deadly eyes that drilled right into hers. And really, she was terrified. She wanted to jump up. She wanted to call for help, but she wasn't able to do anything. The creature let itself into her window and it proceeded with uncanny speed to Amelia's throat and with a ravish bite sank its teeth into her throat. When she felt the pain she actually became aware again. It's like she came out of the trance that she was in and she was able to scream. She let out a deep scream for someone to come and help and upon hearing her scream her brothers rushed into the room. They saw no vampire but, of course, Amelia had wounds, and she had her window open. And they were able to find some tracks. They actually tracked the footprints back to the churchyard wall, and a doctor was called in to take care of poor Amelia. After this incident, and what they said was that some of the coffins had been destroyed, and inside this one coffin that wasn't destroyed was a corpse and they described it as being a brown mummified monster and further analysis of this creature revealed a fresh wound on the creature's leg the bullet was then removed and the vampire corpse was taken and they burned it so this is about a psychic vampire and you may or may not know what that is so here may be the best way to describe what a psychic vampire is. So at one time or another, most people have come across somebody who just seems to suck the life out of them. It just drains their energy. It takes work to be around this person. It's not pleasant sometimes to be around them. And this is what's known as a psychic vampire. Now somebody may be one and not even be aware that they are doing it. More often than not, Psychic vampires are just people who unwittingly take other people's energy because they're not able to make enough of their own. So these people draw the energy from anyone who happens to be around them. So if you've ever met somebody like that, that could be why that, you know, just feels like they suck the power out of you. 
it's said that if you know somebody who is a psychic vampire, one of the best ways for somebody to treat that, for they have to self-treat actually, but it would be to pray and to meditate. And it'll help bring some of the good higher energy back into them so that they won't be sucking the energy out of somebody else. I thought that was kind of interesting. I've never had heard of a psychic vampire, but it makes sense. I mean, I have met people that really just, oh, they just drain the life out of you sometimes. Like, I don't think they mean to, but it's just something about them. So anyway, just wanted to share that little bit with you about psychic vampirism. This is just some fun facts about vampires that I came across and thought might be interesting to everybody listening. So, the Muppet vampire, Count Von Count from Sesame Street, is actually based on vampire myth. Now, one way to supposedly deter a vampire is to throw seeds outside a door or place fishing net outside a window. Vampires are compelled to count the seeds or the holes in the net, which will delay them until the sun comes up. I thought that was really interesting. So if you have a vampire, throw some seeds, some bird seed at them. They'll have to count the seeds. I thought that was kind of cool. I'd never heard of that one before, but it makes sense. Why count the count on Sesame Street actually counts one. I see one cookie, two, two cookies. Ah, you know how that is. Another legend about the vampires is that they must sleep in coffins. Probably this arose from reports from grave diggers or morticians that have described corpses suddenly sitting up in their graves or coffins. This eerie phenomenon, it does happen, by the way, and it's thought to be caused by the decomposing process. I answered a welfare check call one night late between 2.30 and 3 in the morning on an elderly woman who lived next door to the caller and who had not seen her for some time. This night, we were having a bad thunderstorm without the rain. I get to the complainant's house to speak to her first, wondering why she called at this time. And she tells me that the lady next door is in her 90s, lives alone, and she's not seen her in weeks. She explained that she has called, went over, and knocked on her door, but the lady will not answer. I start thinking she's probably deceased and has been for some time. The car has a three-inch layer of dust on it. The mail's piling up and no lights are on. First, I walked to the side door and knocked on the door with my flashlight, knocking loud enough that an elderly person with some hearing could still hear it. After a few minutes of no response, I turn around and walk to the backyard, looking at the windows, and find everything's okay. The complainant is with me and is saying that she doesn't know any of the relatives of the lady, and I'm sure by now that she is probably deceased. I walk to the front of the house and notice that her blinds are up on the front windows, and I can see a glow from inside. I am, however, not tall enough to look into the windows, which are probably about seven feet off the ground. The complainant runs next door and grabs a bucket for me to stand on. I get on the bucket 
and bingo, I can see the living room. The glow was from the TV, which was on a blue screen and is bright enough I didn't need my flashlight to see in. I looked first at the floor to make sure she'd not fallen there. Couch, recliner, everything was empty. The telephone home base was blinking red with the missed calls and voicemails. From the living room was a hallway that was dark and I couldn't see down. Using my flashlight, I could see only the open door down the hall and still no signs of life. I turned around and told the complainant that everything looked okay and nothing was disturbed. I turned back around and an elderly woman is looking back at me with her face right up next to the glass. I couldn't breathe. It felt as if I'd been hit in the chest by a bat. I fell backward and off the bucket. I hit the ground hard and the complainant rushed to me. I pushed her off as she was trying to help me up and I ran back up on the bucket. My heart was pounding, but I had to see. Instinct had my hand on my gun and the other was on the window. I looked back inside and saw a frail, elderly woman standing in the hallway wearing a long nightgown with her back to me. She turned her head to the side and looked at me out of the corner of an eye and slowly walked out of my view and down the hall. That unnerved me. I got down and looked at the complainant who was standing there with a puzzled look on her face. All I could say was that I'd saw her. But now the wind had picked up and it began to rain. I began to walk back to my car by the road and I turned back to the complainant and said, Don't come back here. I got into the car and drove to the police department. I never found out about the lady who lived there. The complainant didn't call back and the house now has different tenants inside. Some things are better left alone. All right, we're going to go back into the best, 13 best haunted houses in the United States. And we left off leading up to number 10 for today's show. So the first three were, one was in North Carolina, one was in Ohio, and one were tied. One was a California, the other was Orlando, and that was a Disney haunted house. So we're going to move to number 10. The 10, this was from the 13 best haunted houses in the United States, and this is from hauntworld.com. So you can look this up yourself, and I also will provide you any information that I have to find this. So number 10 on the top 13 list is Bennett's Curse. This is located in Baltimore, Maryland, and it, you can go online at bennettscurse.com, B-E-N-N-E-T-T-S-C-U-R-S-E.com. And one of the very cool things at Bennett's Curse is they did a Friday the 13th special night in May and it was if you're a Friday the 13th fan it was based on that so I think that's fun like it's something to do not just in October there's so much to do in October they brought some of Halloween fun to May for May 13th and I think that's very cool they have an all indoor event for their haunted house and they have merch available so if you're into that I think that's pretty cool so this just seems like a neat place 
Number nine on the list is Not Scary Farm of Los Angeles. And you can go to notscaryfarm.com. And it's the largest event in Southern California. They feature haunted mazes. They have attractions and sinister shows. They have shows. And it's a um, fully transformed theme park. And it's open just on select dates from September 22nd to October 31st of this year. So there's a lot to do there, too. That sounds pretty fun. And it is ranked number nine. Number eight on the list is Hell's Gate in Lockport, Illinois. And you can go to hellsgate.com. It is hidden deep in the woods. It's a multi-level mansion with secret passages, giant slides, undead abominations. It's not just a haunted house. They say it's an adventure. Number seven on the list is Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando. You can go to the Universal website for Universal Studios Resorts, which is uh, universalstudios.com, or they have their own website just for Halloween Horror Nights. It is halloweenhorrornights.com. What's very cool about Halloween Horror Nights, and the truth is I've never been here, but my husband and I are going to go for the first time this year. I'm very excited. They feature, there's a lot to do here. It is a se separate ticketed event at Universal Studios. They feature 10 haunted houses. 10. They have five scare zones. There are two live shows. They also have thrilling ride and attractions that are open. So Universal is actually open for this, like the rides. There's themed food, there's merch, and they are open select nights from September 2nd to October 31st. And if we enjoy our visit here, we will let you know. I will let you know how that trip goes and what we think of Halloween Horror Nights. But I'm looking forward to attending this year. And it is number seven on the list. And I do want to get into with Halloween Horror Nights... They announce the 10 houses previous to the opening date, and they do them one at a time. So, as I said, there are 10 haunted houses at Universal, and the first one announced was a Monsters. They're classic monsters like Mummy, Frankenstein, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Monsters. So there's a Monsters horror, there's a Monsters haunted house. And then another one is themed for Halloween. And we just talked about the one place where they did Friday the 13th on the 13th of May. Well, this is dedicated completely to the Halloween movie series. And this is another haunted house. And the third one just announced recently was The Horrors of Bloom House. And that's one of their original creation haunted houses. And I've heard from numerous sources that those are the best ones so we'll see anyway those are your top few we started at 10 number 10 was Bennett's Curse in Baltimore Maryland number nine is Knott's Scary Farm of Los Angeles number eight is Hell's Gate 
in Lockport, Illinois. And number seven, Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. That's all for today's podcast. I thank you for tuning in and I hope you liked the show. If you did, please tell a friend, give us a rating, and hit subscribe. If you have a story you would like to share on Petrifaction, you can contact me at pd at petrifaction at protonmail.com. And remember to check out today's show notes for more information on today's stories. Please return next time to hear more stories and friends be prepared to be petrified.